0: Today, I begin a one-month series on how to have a more effective compliance program involving business ventures. This will include the role of compliance in mergers and acquisitions, the role of compliance in joint venture agreements, distributorships, franchises, as well as other forms of business relationships. The FCPA guidance makes clear that one of the marks of an effective compliance program is around mergers and acquisitions in both the pre-acquisition and post-acquisition context. A company that does not perform adequate pre-acquisition due diligence may face both legal and business risks. Perhaps most commonly, inadequate due diligence can allow a course of bribery to continue with all the attendant harm to a business's profitability and reputation, as well as potential civil and criminal liability. In contrast, companies that conduct effective FCPA due diligence on their acquisition targets are able to evaluate more accurately each target's value and negotiate for the cost of the bribery to be borne by the target. Equally importantly is that if a company engages in these a- actions I'm going to suggest throughout this month, they will go a long way towards insulating or at least lessening the risk of FCPA liability going forward. Nat Edmonds has said, I think most companies and their outside counsel believe that any potential corruption problem should stop a deal from occurring companies would be surprised to learn that neither the SEC nor the DOJ takes that position. In many ways, the SEC and DOJ encourage companies with strong compliance programs to buy the companies engaged in improper conduct in order to help implement strong compliance in companies which have engaged in wrongful conduct. What companies must do and what outside counsel should advise them to do is have a realistic perspective of what effect that corruption or potential improper payment has on the value of the deal itself. Because of the concern that any corruption would stop the deal or implicate the buyers, many times companies don't look as thoroughly as they should at potential corruption. This is often a concern that if you start looking at something, you may find a problem and that well could slow down the entire deal. The FCPA guidance was the first time many compliance practitioners focused on the pre-acquisition phase of a transaction as part of a compliance regime. However, the DOJ and SEC made clear the importance of this step. In addition, they cited another example in the sections on declination found in the guidance where they noted both the DOJ and SEC declined to take enforcement action against a U.S. publicly traded company which held a consumer products company in connection with its acquisition of a foreign company. The steps taken by the company led the DOJ to state in the guidance the company identified the potential improper payments to local government officials as part of pre-acquisition due diligence, and the company properly developed a comprehensive plan to investigate, correct, and remediate any FCPA issues after the acquisition. In another hypothetical, the guidance provided some specific steps a company had taken in the pre-acquisition phase. These included having legal accounting compliance review the foreign company's sales and financial data, its customer contacts, and its third-party and distributor agreements. Two, performing a risk-based analysis of the foreign company's customer base. Three, performing an audit of selected transactions engaged in by a foreign company. Four, engaging in discussions with the foreign company's general counsel, vice president of sales, and head of internal audit regarding all corruption risks, compliance efforts, and other corruption-related issues that have surfaced at the foreign company over the past 10 years. The Department of Justice's evaluation of corporate compliance programs also had some specific questions around mergers and acquisitions. Under Prong 12, entitled Mergers and Acquisitions, appropriately enough, the following topics were listed with some specific questions. Under the topic Due Diligence, the following questions were posed. What was the misconduct? or the risk of misconduct identified during the due diligence? Who conducted the risk review for the acquired merged entities, and how was it done? What was the M&A due diligence process generally? Under the topic integration in the M&A process, the following questions was posed. How has the compliance function been integrated into the merger, acquisition, and integration process? Finally, in the area of process connecting due diligence to implementation, the following questions were posed. What has the company's what has been the company's process for tracking and remediating misconduct or misconduct risks identified during the due diligence process? What has been the company's process for implementing compliance programs, policies and procedures at the new entities? One of the key themes this month will be the integrated nature of compliance in business ventures. Whether the compliance work is seen in the mergers and acquisition context, joint venture context or one of the myriad of other business relationships of the current business world. There is an approach that a chief compliance officer or compliance professional should take to assess the risk, monitor the risk, and then manage the risk with continued monitoring, with a feedback of data and information into your risk management strategy. So what are today's three key takeaways? Number one, we will consider a wide variety of business relationships over the next month. It will include mergers and acquisitions, the role of compliance in joint ventures, distributorships, franchises, as well as other forms of business relationships. Don't get hung up particularly on the fact that it's not a traditional third-party relationship. It can present as significant a risk as a third-party relationship. Two, compliance for mergers and acquisitions should be seen as a unidimensional continuum. Much of what you do in the pre-acquisition phase sets up what you do in the post-acquisition integration. Your risk assessment done or performed in the pre-acquisition phase should serve as a roadmap for your post-acquisition remediation. Number three, the evaluation of corporate compliance programs focuses on what data did your risk management system turn up and how did you utilize it going forward. This is consistent with what Wei Chen has talked about and how the Department of Justice has approached it. It's certainly one thing to document and use that documentation in the form of data, that proves that you have a program in place. But the question that the evaluation takes to the next step is, how did you use that information? In other words, what was your feedback loop, and was it a continuous process? Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'd like to thank you again for joining me for this episode of 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program around business ventures. And I hope you will join me for our next episode tomorrow. This podcast series on 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.